Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not. And this is episode number 36. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here today. And you will not even believe our guest. We are still so excited that we got to have Jamie Golden on today's Afraid Not. Guys, I can't even tell you how excited I am and how much of a crazy fangirl I was. It's ridiculous. Um, Jamie is one of the people on the podcast, the Popcast Media Group. So if you listen to the podcast, you know who Jamie Golden is. She's so funny. She and Knox have a great rapport. They talk about pop culture. They talk about things going on in the world, but they do it in such a light and fun way. And if you love pop culture, you need to be listening to this podcast. They also have another podcast along with it called The Bible Binge, where they recap movies or they recap Bible stories as if it were a movie or a TV show. And it just makes it kind of come alive. So it's you will it's and, and it's funny and they do a biblical study on it. It's just amazing. Something I love about Jamie is her ability to use comedy to bring people closer to the Lord. I love that. In fact, she shares a quote that was pretty impacting to me during our conversation. And they actually have this quote on the wall at the Popcast Media Group office. And it says, comedy breaks down walls so truth can enter. What a beautiful thing that God can use the gift of communication, the gift of humor, the gift of comedy to bring people closer to himself. I love that. And I loved our conversation. I hope that you listeners are going to just enjoy every minute of it as Jill and I did. And we just are so grateful that Jamie Golden was on our show. Yeah. And so there's nothing left to say because we just need to jump in because you're going to love it. Hey, Jamie, thanks so much for coming. Oh my gosh, this is such a treat. I will tell you that I didn't know until, like I said your name of your podcast out loud yesterday, Afraid Not, that it was like, oh, it's a play on words. I'm I'm so pumped. Like, I love that. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that you love the play on words, too. We are tickled pink that you are on our show. We're trying to act cool and together and collected. So <laughs> hopefully we can keep ourselves from acting like ridiculous fans. Listen. I always tell people, lower the bar. That way I can like slowly get over it. Because usually if the bar is high, it's like, oh, she's, oh, okay. Well, that's fine. She's okay. I mean, whatever. Right. I mean, I feel like we're friends and I talk to you all the time because I listen to you in my ears all the time. We are friends. Like I'm also (laughs) friends with like every podcaster I listen to. So we are for sure friends. With your 10 million downloads. That's who you're friends with. Congratulations on your 10 million. Listen, you you got to start with one download. (laughs) which I think was genuinely me. Like I was like, I should download the podcast when we started. And then we hit 10 million this week, which was, uh, we celebrated, I think we had three king cakes. So we were very excited. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Well, to get us started today, would you introduce yourselves to our listeners and let them know a snapshot into you and who you are, what you do? Yes, of course. Well, um, so I am the co-host of two podcasts. I host with my partner, Knox McCoy. We have a podcast called The Popcast with Knox and Jamie, which is very shallow and pop culture <laughs> good time. And that comes out on Wednesdays. That's the show that just hit 10 million downloads. And we just talk about really fun things like movies and celebrities and music and things in a lighthearted 
like we just want to bring a little joy to it. And so it's not like you don't have to be a pop culture expert to enjoy it, but uh, we have a good time. And then we have a second podcast that we launched in 2018 is called The Bible Binge. And The Bible Binge is where we recap stories um, as if they were a movie or a TV show like The Bachelor. You know, that's equal to the Bible, sure. Oh, right, and, sure. <laughs> uh, so we recap the Bible stories. We cast them with, like, current actors and actresses, celebrities. And then we have a Bible scholar who comes in at the end, kind of corrects us on the things we maybe didn't get right in the recap. And uh, we are in our eighth season of that show. So fun. Oh, and it's fun. so great because you really can picture – the story happening as y'all are talking about it. I know, because that's a habit I've always had when I've been reading novels. And I thought, why have I not done that Done that when I'm reading the Bible, which is some of the craziest, kookiest stories that a right. person can read, really, like in their life. And so it, it does. It's brought a depth to it where you can just have a visual of kind of what's going on when you imagine, you know, Brad Pitt as Moses. It's helpful. And when I'm picturing... Esther as Zendaya. Oh, so yes. perfect. So perfect. I know. And my personal, perfect. my personal favorite is Lazarus being cast as James Marsden because we went to high school together. Stop it. You yes. went to high school with Lazarus. Yes. She That's did. <laughs> That's very impressive. She was gonna He's play a- with him. Yes, we were. No. We were the we were like the little couple, Tom and Connie. Stop it. In the play. Yes. Uh, you could be in Sonic the Hedgehog right I now. Know. Like I that totally if your did. life had taken a different turn. <laughs> she was fantastic. also Miss Teen America. She's uh, Jill, that is needing to be edited out. We are redirecting. Oh, the trajectory is listen, off. Listen, now, Robin, the bar is so, high for you. Now, now that I know these secrets. I'm I cannot believe, Jill, you just. Okay. <laughs> Good for you, Jill. Keep doing that the whole, the whole time hey, we're here. I, I am an Enneagram 7. I will reveal all. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us how the interesting journey of Popcast Media Group began? Because I'm sure you didn't really see that coming in your future. No. no. When I was little, I wanted to be a game show host. That's all. <laughs> I just Because I would be at my grandmother's after school, and we would watch The Price is Right, or we would watch Jeopardy, or we would write we, – we would watch um, – uh, just every kind of like the dating show. And I just loved <laughs> the guys on the mic. Like they just seemed like they were having a good time and they were getting to be with people and be funny. And so that was all I knew is that I wanted to host a game show. Like when other little girls wanted to be teachers or doctors or veterinarians, I was always the one that was like, I would like to host the prices, right? Sadly, that has not worked out yet. I don't know that it's totally out of my future. But um, hey, Drew so, Carey may retire. You know, he, eventually, <laughs> right? He has to age yeah. out at, at some point. Um, but I, so I went to. I, I grew up in rural Alabama. So the fact that I wanted to be a game show host was also like this very, very lofty dream um, because I grew up next to a pasture. So it's kind of kooky. <laughs> and my family, they had they owned dairy farms, and so it was just like. A crazy dream. But I went away to school. I went to the big city of Atlanta for college. And there, everybody had big dreams. Like, people were from all over the world, and everybody had a big dream. And it was like, oh, well, you can, like, maybe be anything you really, like, set your mind to. Um, but I also was very much in love with God. Um, I had I, I grew up in a family that faith was the most important thing, still is the most important thing. And so it was, like, balancing that act of, like, I should be on staff at a church, but I also am drawn 
to being Bob Barker. So like, how can those two <laughs> things come together? And um, so weirdly, I became a social worker, which is nuts because that's the opposite of any of those things um, in many ways. But it got me to people. It got me helping people. And then what happened was the, in the like early aughts, like 2002, 2004, uh, blogging really started to grow on the internet. And for me, it was a way mm-hmm. to like, I loved, I loved the internet. I was obsessed with it. I was an like a Gen Xer with Y tendencies who just really loved what was happening on the web. And so I just went full ham and I didn't have anything to talk about. I had a blog called Jamie's Rabbits, which people thought I either sold rabbits, which I didn't know that, that was a thing, <laughs> like that I'm like that I dealt I dealt in rabbits and or they thought I did farm. recipes only with rabbit meat. Uh. And, um, which was weird, um, mainly because I like don't I don't eat anything that you can hit with your car on the way to <laughs> a, a restaurant, and so rabbits were not my vibe. But so on the internet, That's a good thing I, to live by. Listen, it's really if you think about it, like just don't eat those things that you know. Although you can hit a cow, but that's different. But um, that's a different kind of accident. But I. I, while on the internet, I had a blog. I, of course, started connecting with other bloggers and other writers because you're trying to see, like, what are they doing on the internet? And I was just writing, mm-hmm. Jamie's Rabbits was just about me chasing rabbits because I'm an ADD survivor. Thank you. Oh, Please I love respect, that. Please chasing respect my rabbits. privacy. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> it was just every topic was different every day. And I went into a writing forum uh, with people who literally wanted to be writers. So I say that because I think it's always, sometimes we're afraid to go into rooms where everybody seems ahead of us or everybody Mm -hmm. seems like they're doing something different from us. But I was like, well, let me, maybe I can draft off of like their vibe and their energy and their experience. And in that room was Knox McCoy. And so Knox McCoy and I connected in the forum because he seemed to be the only one with like a good solid sense of humor. And because everybody else was really serious about their craft and my craft was talking about Cheez-Its and which flavors <laughs> and like ranking them. Uh, and so just through the course of that friendship that started online, we literally never, we had not, we didn't meet in person for two, two more years. He was married. He had a blog where he wrote about, he wrote these 5,000 word recaps of The Bachelor, which was weird for like a guy who's married with kids who lives in Tennessee. That was a weird vibe, but he was a writer at heart. And in that forum... He eventually was like, you should have a podcast. And he actually helped me start a podcast with another person, a girl I met on the on Twitter, literally a stranger I met on Twitter named Erin Moon. And we started a podcast together that went nine episodes because she had a newborn and things are hard when you have a newborn. And when we when we quit and he and tell the name of that. Tell the name oh, it of was that. The gold, awesome. It was the Golden Moon Buffet. So which is cute. The best name of a podcast ever. I, I love it. Um, cause we would talk about like appetizers, entrees and dessert. And that was the top and not about those foods. We would talk about like, here's some quick news. Here's the thing we're going to deep dive. And then here's a dessert for us to like enjoy. But and I love it that you bet you met both Knox and Aaron through the internet, not face to face. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think it's so you know, 20, always, you know, 2000s. No, it's <laughs> definitely this, like it's a weird century marker of like, have you met people on the internet? Like, have you met your spouse on the internet? Have you met friends? Like, have you met like me, a business partner? Because I always say, if you're not making friends on the internet, then you're really doing it wrong. Like there right. are some really amazing people who because you're an amazing person that lives where you live. So there are amazing people who live in other places who have 
you have things in common and when you can connect with them, you you then can like interweave your lives because now I I work with Aaron and Knox every day in the same office. And so Knox and I started the podcast. We were just like, we'll talk about pop culture. We both love TV and movies, which had for a long time had been at conflict. I, listen, I am the classic um, person who went through a season of like, okay, I have to burn every CD. God does not oh, want me no. listening. Well, you know, that even, was a thing. Right, no, it was a thing. And it was like, I can only listen to DC Talk. I can't listen to this Amy Grant, baby, baby, because that's not, she doesn't mention God in this album, so I do have to actually burn that one, too. And and it was funny, like, God was really trying to slowly, like, release me from those chains through really a study of Galatians at the time of going, hello, hello, I can use anything. Please calm down with your crazy. And so we started this podcast about pop culture, and then... We just did it as a hobby. I still was a social worker. He still owned a business, like a T-shirt business. Like we did other things. And then we just got into it like two years in and we were like, should we like try to do this for real? And we did. We just set some goals for ourselves that were very loose. Like, hey, we want to have this many people downloading, this many people following us on Instagram, this many people subscribe to our newsletter. And if we reach these goals... And we really did want to start making money because we were losing money because podcasting can be expensive in many ways and uh, mm-hmm. in time and equipment. And we weren't making any money. And so we were like, let's try to make a dollar. Like, that would be amazing. And, <laughs> and so we did that. And we set those goals. And then we met every – we had a timeline and we hit every one of those goals. And so we said, okay, I think we're going to quit our jobs. <laughs> like, And we, we did. And so now this is our, this is our, full-time, our full-time gig. Wow. Was it kind of scary to quit your job? It was crazy. So that whole story, I quit my job. I had actually quit my job prior to us hitting those goals because God had really pursued me. Because I know your listeners, y'all, you know, there are times when you can so clearly hear the voice of God in whichever way he talks to you most are like in an articulate way. And for me, it's always been through, almost always through a small group setting, like people Mm -hmm. being in Bible study together, being in a book study together, whatever the case may be. And God was very clearly telling me to quit my job. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I'd been at an agency, a nonprofit for seven years in child and family welfare. I was doing really, truly good work, like changing families' lives. I loved the work I did. It was really powerful, but God was like, I need you to quit your job. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. But no, <laughs> I have a house, like I have a house that I have to pay my yeah. mortgage. You're, and I'm not married. I don't like, I don't have a trust fund. I'm, I'm still waiting to get a trust fund for my family and I'm in my forties <laughs> and I'm still waiting on a trust fund, but I didn't have any of that. And so I really ignored God for a solid, I would say a solid nine months where consistently and I would go to a women's conference and the person would be talking about like taking a leap of faith. And I would be in a small group and someone who was not a believer would be like, I don't understand what's hard. Like God takes care of squirrels. Can he take care of you? <laughs> and I was like, okay, well it's sparrows, but I get it. You're like, I hear what you're saying. You're making a great point. <laughs> and it was so funny that what happened was I was one night I was watching Scandal as you do. And I was watching right. Scandal on Netflix and I, I got a text from a friend that I had not seen in a year. It was a former coworker. And we were friends on social media, but like not, we had not talked a lot. And she just emailed, she just texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, how are you doing? Listen, I just wanted you to know I'm about to teach a weekend retreat for women. And 
uh, I'm reading this passage about the Israelites leaving Egypt and how they did not want to leave the slavery they were in to take a risk. And for whatever reason, God put your face on the page of my Bible. And so I know to always text people when that happens. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So I was like, and I thought, well, if God is texting me, I don't want to know what's next, like what he's going to do next if I don't do this. And so the next day I turned in my resignation. And so I quit my job without a job. And we were not making, we were making maybe like a hundred dollars a month. From Which the is not quite plan. a mortgage, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, we have to split that between us and pay taxes. <laughs> so it wasn't really a lot of money. You and can go to Taco Bueno, but... So you basically uh, were making about $34 a piece. That's right. <laughs> and $34 like paid my water bill, but that was it. And so <laughs> I was like, okay. And I had some savings, and I was like, okay, what can I do? And what happened was I started, I was like, well, and I kept thinking God was going to bring a job. I actually never thought it was going to be the podcast, truly. I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be on staff at a church. This is what the Lord has uh, decided for me. And, and I, cause I thought that's what real ministry meant is that I would be on staff of either a faith-based nonprofit or a church. And what happened was my own church was looking to uh, create a position for a social media director. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my, my whole background in social work is marketing and Mm -hmm. uh, fundraising. And I said, oh, this is me. And so for months we met and I helped build a job description for the job. And it was so funny. I wish y'all could have been with me in that season because I was like, isn't God good? Look at what he's (laughs) doing here. Like I was like, so I was like, this is just, I love this. And I'm still doing this weird podcast about the Kardashians and like movies. (laughs) But I think that God is like doing this thing. And then what happened was I had built the job description. I had met with them like eight different times, the pastors who were in charge of that. And then what happened was I got an email one day and it was from a woman who had been hired in that position. And she said, hey, the pastor told me that I could talk to you about maybe helping me learn more about this job. And that's how I found out Mm. they had not hired me. And I suddenly that how like, God is good, Mm. like turned to, what the H? What is going on? (laughs) Like very distraught and very confused and like didn't know. And God is so faithful. He really is. Cause I was like, okay, God, we can be in a relationship, but like, we're in a, like, we're in a fight right now. Like you, you know it. I know it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. And what was funny is in that, that season, I was in a small group where one of the things that we were working on as a group was rejection. And I was all like, oh, these poor, these poor other people who are having to deal with rejection, not me, that God has anointed me. God has given me so much. <laughs> and it was so funny because we have at the end of this uh, time, the semester that we're in this small group, we have a retreat where you go and you really try to like through prayer release those things that you've been struggling with like rejection. And so I was like, okay. And I was so sad. I just, I cry. I'm not a crier at all. I cried the whole retreat because I could not believe God had forsaken me (laughs) and like Mm. betrayed me in this way. And what happened was I went forward to pray with a woman who is just like a designator, you know, like the people who are really great at prayer and who are like, like who have prayer as a spiritual gift. Yes. And I went forward and she didn't know me, but I had a name tag. It said Jamie. And she was like, okay, Jamie, can I pray for you real quick? We'd never met. And I didn't say anything to her. And she started praying for me. She's like, God, Jamie didn't get that job that you had for her. And I was oh, like, wow. Wow. Like, Holy Spirit. I like, wow. I ne- no, it really was. And I was like, and it was like that moment of her praying for that to God to release it. He released it standing in that space in front of her. 
And when I walked back to my seat, this was a room of about 2,000 people. When I walked back to my seat, I accidentally ran into, I bumped into a woman. And I looked up and said, I'm so sorry. And it was the woman who had gotten the job that I had Oh, wanted. wow. I know. And I was like, oh, we're fixing this right now. Okay, okay. Like, we're getting over this right now. Okay, <laughs> thank you, God. Like, this is so, and I really never, like, there were tinges of moments of like, was that supposed to be the thing? And then God just did this thing with a podcast. Because for me, it was hard. Because if you have a pop culture podcast, it's not in any way explicitly, or it's not explicitly or implicitly faith-driven at all. And I was like, can God even do ministry here? And I thought God was like, hold my beer. Maybe not hold my beer, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. But God was like, hold my beer, because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a new thing here. And what happened was... We were just doing lighthearted things in the middle of a world that was burning. Like, since we've started, the world has been a little bit of a cluster, and people will message us and just go, Hey, I just need you to know I found this in a really tough time. I was going through a severe bout of depression. My dad got diagnosed with stage four cancer. My husband got laid off, and we lost our house. And just on the way to the unemployment office, listening to your show just brought a little bit of lightness in the midst of heavy. And we were like, Oh, okay, this, there is ministry here. And God was very faithful just in my own study to go, hey, don't forget, I define ministry, not you. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. That's yeah. so true. Okay. So that's where, that's, that's where we found ourselves. And, and we ended up, Knox moved. He lived in Tennessee. We had, for five years, we recorded the podcast in different states. And he was like, I think, I think we're supposed to do this. I think this is the thing we're supposed to do. And he was writing uh, he was writing screenplays for uh, a company called Skit Guys that makes videos for churches. And we love the Skit Guys. <laughs> I know they're great. Well, Knox wrote a lot of those scripts, and he uh, Knox was writing uh, scripts for camps for Lifeway. And he was like, "Okay, let's put down all of our things and let's let's really try to let's try to do that." And I was working weird jobs just to pay the mortgage in the midst of not having a job and. We were like, let's try to make this work. And Knox moved to Alabama with his family, his three kids, his wife. And uh, and now we have an office. We have we just hired our fifth staffer. Um, it's really fun to see what and God has been faithful in all in all of it. Even when I've been like, we're in a fight. He's like, okay, we can be in a fight. Just yeah. don't leave me. Like, stay here. Be in the fight with me. And that's been really uh, the kind of the delight of my life to see that version of God in up close and on the front row. I just love that. I love how he provided at the moment you were so desperate, that prayer that was yes. just such a reminder. I see you, Jamie Golden. I, I see you. And then to say, by the way, you're about to bump into the person that you need to talk to about this right now in this I room know. of 2,000 right, right. people. I know. It was great. And it's funny, two years later, two years later, we were invited to the church. I go I go to Church of the Highlands in um Birmingham. And we were invited, Knox and I had just moved here. He also goes to Church of the Highlands. We were invited to a creative nights that Church of the Highlands puts on. And it's people who are in secular spaces, but who are believers and them Mm -hmm. talking about their work. And I would have never had that job if I had gotten the job at the church. So to come back and be able to speak and get to tell that story and be like, you, hey, you invited me here tonight, but you wouldn't hire me. Do you remember that? God is good. God is good. <laughs> well, and I love that you say that God defines ministry. We don't define ministry because your podcast really is kind of a light in a dark place sometimes. It's just fun. It's lighthearted. 
That's what we hope. That's our, that's our, that's our MO. Our MO is because really one of the things we, we have it written on our wall in our office and it says, um, Comedy breaks down walls so truth can enter. And so what happens is we can talk about something funny or fun that everybody is maybe talking about. Um, and what can happen is like people go, oh, we like them. And then they hear us talk about something. Like maybe we throw in, you know, a little faith-based content here and there. Or they just know that we're Christians because we'll maybe reference that. And they're like, right. okay, so there are Christians who aren't, garbage because like if you're an atheist and you've had only bad experience or even if you're a person who has been very deliberately hurt by the church right right Mm -hmm. and if you can then see people who are like hey no we're not we're not we're not bad guys like we're also here to really find the joy because god is a god of laughter as much as he's a god of tension and uh healing and all of the other things like god can do that and so also with our other podcast the bible binge which a lot of people can, we, when we started it, people were really nervous for us because they're like, it feels heretical. It feels heretical. And we're like, <laughs> we're, that's why we have the Bible scholar. But what happened with that is that what we thought Christians that go to church every Sunday, that those would be the people who listen to the show. And that has actually not been the case at all. Like about half of our audience is that, but half of our audience are those people who either have left the church, been hurt. Um, maybe have some experience with God, but not anything that's transformational, or have never had an experience with God in the Bible, and they're just really interested in the Bible as a book. But what mm-hmm. happens is, of course, because God, obviously, His Word does not return void, right? So right. what happens is they hear these stories, and they're like, oh, well, maybe God's not bad after all. You know, like, what? Right. And, and so we always say we're just setting up, we're just, we're throwing the Holy Spirit a ball that he is going to knock out of the park. And so that's all we're doing in, in these spaces is hopefully planting some seeds, watering some seeds that have already been planted by people that they know in real life and that we're just coming alongside them really like Paul described, right? So that's really been our dream and it's been what has happened. And we've been very grateful just you know, for God to use us that way. Sometimes we we get to see fruit and and hear about the fruit of what God has done with seeds that have been planted along our path. Sometimes we never get to hear that fruit. Maybe just in heaven someday we'll look forward to hearing about what God did that we didn't even know about. But just imagine all of those listeners who have been drawn in by the comedy and the fun and the lightheartedness of the podcast, And then they're connected to, why not listening to Bible Binge? I might try it because I like Knox and Jamie. And then they're connected to the thought of, whoa, this is real. God is real. God really, this is actually for me. So think about all the ways that you may never know on this earth, but that how God is taking his word to the people that would never enter the doors of a church. I know. I know. And it's pretty awesome. It is so, because I think we get as Christians, particularly as me, as somebody who grew up in a very kind of legalistic environment in the church, I, I felt a lot of love, but I also felt a lot of law. And mm-hmm. it's taken a long time to kind of go, oh, that's not like biblical at all. And so the New Testament, I don't know why we weren't reading that. And <laughs> as, I've, as I've loosened, I know, as I've loosened some of that yoke of slavery that's talked about in Galatians, what has happened is I've given, I've now let loose of my own chain that I put on God was like, you have to fix this right now. I have to see this person get saved. I have to see this person start going to church. I have to see it. And God's right. like, I got it. Like, you don't need to, you don't, it doesn't have to be you because I would start to feel like a failure if 
if a relationship didn't end with we're all at a potluck together on a Sunday night. Like it, right. It, it, and I was feeling all this guilt and shame and realizing, oh, the, none of the shame is from God. This is, this is Satan trying to convince me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not working hard enough, that. And when God has said, no, 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 I, the, Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith, not you. So put it down. You're fine. And didn't you mention um, like a review that you got from somebody in New York that was an atheist that said they started listening? Oh, yeah. We then... get, we've gotten a lot of those. And so, yes, we've gotten that one. We've gotten several of people who were like, uh, I ha- there are people around me. Like I live in a, you know, a very secular place because obviously I live in Alabama. It, there, there's a church on every corner. I always say it doesn't mm. mean that it's a godly place. It just means there's a church on every corner. And but people like she had emailed us and said, you know, I live here and the v- very few Christians I know are not. They're not kind. They're they're very harsh. They're very judgmental. And like hearing you has made me realize that there is another version, and that maybe the version I've seen is not the one that God would want me to see. That there is another version that somehow that that's been twisted and that there mm-hmm. is actually a version that is actually good and kind and, you know, and not that we are the role models for that either. We're not either. But I like the idea of like, we're trying to be like, if we can move a little bit more towards who, what we see in scripture, which is a lot of people, anytime they got haughty, God brought that down like immediately on mm-hmm. um, pride right. goes before the fall. That all comes from scripture. So it's like, okay, well then who did God use? Well, he used humble. He used people that were not prepared, not like, because there was no one when God called them, did he, did that person suddenly go, oh, I'm ready. This is great. This is perfect that God has called me because I am, I've been, been waiting for this forever. <laughs> I'm equipped and ready to go. Right. No, it was like, oh no, I can't speak or I don't have any skills or I'm not in the right family or I'm a prostitute. Like, well, how can you use me? And it was like, God goes, oh no, no, I can and so we're trying to model that, and the the Bible binge has been helpful, even for us as individuals, to study these stories on our own, not let anybody – one of my favorite books of all time is uh, by Eugene Peterson. It's called Eat This Book. And his argument is a lot of times believers let someone else chew the Word of God and spit it out to them, and then they believe what they've heard. And that all comes with a lot of bias and what that person's been taught and what they're, it's why we have a million denominations. It's like, well, how can so many people who are reading the same book disagree on so many things? Hmm. And it's because a lot of times we're waiting for a Bible scholar to tell us what something says when really we all can be Bible scholars. Like we all have access to the same text and the same Holy Spirit and the same revealing voice of God that like you can sit down and really read the word. And so for us, as we like read the story of Moses or David, I mean, David was a, a life-changing study for me just to go, oh, this guy's not great, like, at all. Like, he's been – but he's a man after our God's own heart, and where is that tension? And it's like, oh, but he's also, like, not good. Like, he's a man after our God's own heart, but not because he's good, not because he's a good guy. Mm. We, we, we put all our pressure on him because he was, like – he killed Goliath, but then he also like you guys. It did a lot of really bad. Also things. had an affair, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and an affair that was probably not an affair, right? Like it was probably a woman who had no choice in the matter. Right. That uh, right. she had no power. Exactly. She was she was property, and and then t- murdered her husband. His own children were criminals. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he he said he self reflected and said, I'm, "I wasn't a good father to my children," and yet at the same time he could say, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully." Made And I think the church sometimes, I, I've sat at the feet of teachers who have said, well, he was fearfully wonderfully made because he was a good guy. And it's like, no, 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 he's just 
fearfully, wonderfully made because he's made by God. He's not, mm-hmm. not because of anything he's done is he fearfully and wonderfully made. And he's saying that, you know, as he's writing a psalm and looking back on his life and going, I know it full well now. I, d- I don't know that I yeah. did always know it because remember me and Adalem and we, I'm in a cave and I'm mourning. Like I, like, I know it now. And I think that's all we're trying to do is help people know you're fearfully and wonderfully made right where you are. Like right where you're right where you're standing right now. Right. Well, and with the Bible binge, Robin and I were even talking about there's like we both grew up in church too, and there's things that you all bring up that I had never even really thought about it that way. Because I don't yeah. know that I was th- really thinking of these people as real people. I mean I was, but <laughs> right, right, they right. become more three D. I think so, because I think it because a lot of times what we do is we just remember the like for me, I often remember the Sunday school or VBS version. Of these stories, mm-hmm. or the flannel graphs, I love it when you all bring I up that. I know. <laughs> you know when you're you're drinking your red Kool Aid that you didn't know was probably killing you, and you're you're eating your cookies that you've put on your fingers, and you're just watching these flannel characters. Like, because I always go, my favorite always is for sure uh, Jonah. Like Jonah is this, and people will name their kids Jonah, and, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I always go, you know, Jonah at that end of the chapter, there's no resolution. Like. He's not like suddenly like, and now I'm a pastor. No, he like sits under he like sits under a tree. He's such a powder. He's such a powder, and I I'm like I like that God uses powders, and He uses people who are real, and and because I think we just have them in the Hall of Saints, we fast forwarded them to uh, Hebrews, and we forget that the reason that they're in any kind of Hall of Saints is because they were just bonkers, ridiculous people, you know, who just were doing the best right. they could. And God used God them anyway. Them. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I love it. And you already kind of alluded to this, but I can hear in the Bible binge when you are talking, Knox is talking, and then Erin gives her general rebuke that you've all studied, you've all done your own looking, you've read your the commentaries, you've looked at the different um, connotations of the scripture and different references. You just bring out a lot of things. And like you said, it's because you're reading the scripture and you're really letting it teach you instead of just, well, I heard this in Sunday school. So one thing I love about that is it inspires me as I'm reading. When I'm oh, you know, getting into the word, I don't want to just take it at the face value of, I remember hearing the story in Bible, you know, in my Bible study or Sunday school, but to take it and really see what does it really say? And then find out, and oh my goodness, all that crazy stuff about the, the Midrash? What in the world? Do you oh have gosh. some wisdom for us with that? Because Jill and I are perplexed. <laughs> no, well, we're, we talk a lot about, we actually genuinely talk a lot about the Midrash in an upcoming episode. Um, and Erin, who is our Bible, she's a former Bible study editor. Um, she just did a really kind of... Uh, deep dive on the Midrash because that's some Jewish texts that kind of look at, because we're, we like to look at cultural, like, because one thing I've never done as a, and I've been the person who like, let's read the Bible in a year, which is great. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would always do that and be like, you guys, I've read the Bible eight times. And it's like, (laughs) no, no, someone has done it in the audio while I'm in the shower. And (laughs) I've not like looked at any context. And so what happened was we started reading texts that we would go, okay, let's not just read one commentary. Let's read eight commentaries. And it would be so funny. We'd be like, this person who truly is, has like dozens of years of biblical scholarship. And so does this guy. And so does this guy. And they all speak 
you know, they all read Greek and interpret Greek and Hebrew, but they're all three interpreting the scripture very differently. Now, mm-hmm. which one of them is the devil? Well, no, none of them are the devil, <laughs> right? Like, it's right. like, it's just that the Bible is, as much as it feels like an exhaustive book, it's really not. Like, it's as much as it's telling us, I mean, there are literally 90 years past between Moses like young Moses, and then the next verse is like, and then he was 90. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> like, I always say I'm going to go to heaven and like sit down with Moses. And so like in that 90 years, like what what was happening? Like what 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 was going on? It's like Jesus even, like Jesus was 12 and then he was 30. Right, like, was, right. Well, what was his teen years like? Like Why what did we happened? Get the teen years? Like how is his relationships with his brothers and sisters since he was perfect and never got in trouble? Like what's going on? And so we went to text and we were like, Okay, you have to read the scripture, read the passage. One of our favorite Bibles is the NIV um, Cultural Studies Backgrounds Bible that Zondervan has made because it's all about cultural context. Like in ancient East, these practices, like why was this person impaled on a stick? What did that mean if they were impaled on the stick? Like that's the dumbest thing where I was like, the funniest thing I've learned is that when you're impaled on a stick, I thought it was through your gut and it's actually up your spine. See, that's a dumb thing to learn from cultural background, but then it was like, oh, that's much worse. Oh, like yeah. That's, yeah. That's a much worse way because oh, yeah. you're going to stay alive maybe six days that way. Uh, that, may, uh, that may seem, I know, you're welcome. I, I hope everyone <laughs> who's eating their snack has enjoyed this fun fact. <laughs> They're not all that dire when we do fun facts. But... That little bit of information we would have only known because we read a background study in terms of like what what would this have meant in this day and age? Because sometimes I think we take our 2020 and we apply it to Mary as a pregnant teen, you know, and it goes, oh, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no, no. That's so unfair because that's you're missing a lot of the nuance that a lot of these stories have. And it, it actually like it opens up some clarity about, okay, why was this the way this was? Oh, this is why. Because that's not a weird thing. This was very common in this time and place. And it gives you just this depth that's so helpful. So with Midrash, we always say the Midrash is cookie town, but it's just a fun, like, it's just a fun (laughs) document, but don't read it as fact. Stick with your Bible as fact. But if you can give it depth and go, okay, what does this even mean? Like when this means 10 shekels, like what is that? Like what does that even mean? And what is that equivalent to now? And was that a big mm-hmm. deal? Or what's a mite? Or what does it mean to be impaled? What does all of that mean? I think that's what's been fun. It's made the Bible, I'll say this, for me, it's been one of the most transformational times of my faith because I was somebody who forever was like, the Bible's perfect, nothing, everything makes sense if you're smart enough. And I'm not always smart enough, but everything makes sense if you're smart enough. And it's what's been great is God has been slowly, like he just takes my hand and he's like, yeah, I didn't give you everything. Like I didn't. Right. Like I, because what's the point of faith if you're not going to, if I, if I told you everything, you wouldn't depend on me. And I, I'm, I'm, remember I told you lamp into my, to your feet, not your football field. You have to take, Mm -hmm. you have to like, trust me and like walk with me. I'm not going to give you all the information. And so it's made God a lot more mysterious, but in a good yeah. way, not in a frustrating way, but in a way of like, oh, there's stuff that I will never get about mm-hmm. this and I will not understand it. And it's obviously it creates a lot of conflict in the church because I think there are a lot of leaders and teachers with good intentions who want to say, this is what this means. This is what this doesn't mean. And I think God is like, 
yeah, you just, you, you're, you're all wrong. Like so you won't even bigger. know until you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like you won't even, you won't even know. I mean, I always think about the Bible scholar fact that Aaron gave us, which was Martin Luther, who is the founder of the Protestant faith, right? right. Um, Martin Luther hates the book of Esther, like literally wrote about it and said it should have been left out of the canon (laughs) because he does not like that it doesn't mention God. And he's like, I don't think it's accurate. And it doesn't feel historically connected to any events that really happened. And he just, and he also doesn't like Revelation. So he was like, I just don't think these books should be in the Bible. And it's funny. We don't think about that to go, oh no, Martin Luther's great. Like, wait, he doesn't what? Like, it just makes the whole thing. I think what it does is it, gives you a lot of, you can take a deep breath and go, oh, I don't have to know everything. Like, and still love God, right. mm-hmm. still show love to other people. What does God call me to do? And I don't have to know this perfectly. And it can be imperfect. And that's a, God is still perfect. Like, yes. God is still, he's still perfect. So, well, and to me, it humanizes the Bible people because then yes. it's not like this thing I have to, I'm not ever going to be this person because you're right. We do skip straight to Hebrews and all of the greats and we don't remember, oh yeah, Rahab was a prostitute. And I mean, like there are a lot of things that happened for, to these people that weren't necessarily great, but God got them through it. That's right. And you're so right because I think for, particularly as women, right, we sit in, uh, we sit in Sunday school classes or we go to women's conferences and women's retreats and we get, someone gives us a pink Bible that we can color in. And uh, <laughs> what happens is we're told these stories of the few women. Cause one of our fun things in the Bible binge is we always play a reggae horn when there's a reggae horn. Yes. <laughs> because there's not a lot of names, only about 5% of the characters named in the Bible are women. And so they're not named very often. And so we're, always excited to talk about them. And what's funny is when we talk about those women, God has revealed, like, it's been really fun to go, oh, these stories are not exactly what we thought they were. Because, like, I always think of Mary and Martha as, well, you need to be Mary, not Martha. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, but some people (laughs) in the world are actually Martha. Robin, I would argue you're probably Martha. And, like, a lot of women are such a— I think I'm a Martha in progress. Yes, I'm a work in progress. A Martha in progress. (laughs) But, but see, that's that very thing that you said. See, that's the perfect example of like, I because nobody really wants to be a Martha, right? But God absolutely used Martha. If you look at her story in the full context, not just in that one moment with Mary, mm-hmm. you go, mm-hmm. Martha was helping fund the ministry of Jesus. He was in her home because he loved her. Like, and she made a one moment, like one, like second, like decision, like we all do, that puts us in the Which wrong headspace. don't headspace. we all? Yeah. We all do that. But the fact that she was detail-oriented, that she was caring about structure and planning, listen, that's what helped make that ministry run as a machine. So mm-hmm. God didn't want to change her. He just wanted to, her to be her healthiest self. But he didn't want her to not – he didn't want her to become Mary. He, that, and I think it's that's good. what's no. – yeah. I think a lot it's of women good. in the church are like, well, I'm just not supposed to be Martha. But guess what? You were, you were designed as Martha. Like God in, your, in the womb – made you Martha. He just wants you to be the best Martha that you can be. And Mary, listen, Mary had her own issues. Like, I I hate that Mary always gets this, like, oh, look at Mary at the feet of Jesus. You know, Mary probably spent too much time in her room, staring out at the rain, didn't get stuff done. She drove Martha crazy. She was probably not detail-oriented. She was probably not, but that's, that's Mary too. But the healthiest Mary also needs to know that, like, you do have to pay your mortgage. Like, Mary, right, you can't just, right. like, we got to yeah, get some stuff need, done. We need Marthas because if we're all Marys, 
That's right. We don't win that either. (laughs) I know. So it's been fun to kind of sit with those stories and go and really camp out with them and also go, God, Lazarus, man, you were such a pain to your sisters. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you're such a pain. And so it's been really fun. Again, like you said, it's like it's humanized all of it. And it's made me feel so connected to those people um, in word and in deed. It's just, I've really loved that experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, would you share with our listeners just some, maybe something that would encourage them or something that maybe that God has brought you through? You know how our, our podcast play on words, afraid not. Yes. Just a time when things may have been frayed, when to that, a time that, that God came through and held it all together for you as he always does. And that you can just look back and say, well, that was God. That's him. Oh, yes. Well, my my favorite story of that is I was in a car wreck one Easter Sunday. So, right. I, all, uh, so it was an Easter Sunday night. This is my whole life in a nutshell. So it was Easter Sunday, and I was at a Walking Dead viewing party like that <laughs> night. So if that's, if that's not God and how he created me. So I'd been to church, right? I'd been with my family, but then I went to a Walking Dead party. And as I was driving home, about four doors down from my house, I was hit by a drunk driver. And our cars were totaled. It was rainy. It was late. It was like 1030. And I get out of the car and I, because I immediately only know from movies that you have to get out of the car immediately because it's going to blow up. And so I got out of the car like really quickly. Well, the guy opens the door to the truck. His Both of our cars are totaled. He gets out of the truck, and he is naked, <gasps> like he, out of the womb oh, naked. Oh, no. I know, and I was like, uh-oh, what's uh. happening? <laughs> and he turned to me, and he was like, sorry, lady. And then he runs back down the road he had just driven on. And, like, we never see him what? again. Like, right, he ran on exactly. foot? Like, by foot. Right. Naked man in the street. Naked man in the street. <laughs> he runs, and I'm like... What is happening? Well, unbeknownst to me, at the time, I have like three broken bones in my foot. Oh. I have um, some internal injuries from the seatbelts and the steering wheel. And I have a, I have a broken wrist. And I, I didn't realize that at the time because I was so adrenaline pumped. Adrenaline, and, like, yeah. and so I go to the hospital and fast forward, like it's crazy. So I'm in the hospital. My friend Patrick has taken me because I couldn't find my phone. I'm calling my parents. My parents were the last people on the planet to have dial up. So the phone was busy. So oh. I couldn't, so the, the neighbor who's come out is like, do you know anybody else's number? And I'm like, no, like I don't know people's numbers. I have to find my phone. So I call my friend Patrick, who is the only other number besides my parents that I've memorized, he comes to take me to the hospital. Because my mother, when I was little, she was always like, don't go in an ambulance ever. And that was nothing. It was like, She wasn't anti-paramedic. She didn't want to pay for uh, an ambulance. Right. So the right. few times in my life that I've been hurt, my mother, I always, my mother has taken me to the hospital because she was like, don't go in an ambulance ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't. I wouldn't go into the ambulance because they were like, you really need to go to the, go to the hospital. And I was like, I'm going to have to call Patrick then because I can't go with you. I'm so sorry, hot fireman. I cannot go with you to the hospital. <laughs> and so Patrick came. He takes me to the hospital, unbeknownst to me, by the way, just as a fun sidebar. Patrick has taken an Ambien. Um, oh, he no. ha- he has doesn't have his glasses on, <laughs> and he has no wallet. And so, like, I had to buy him a drink at the ER, like, so he could have some Mountain Dew to kind of kick. Trust me, it didn't work because when they brought me back from my CAT scan, he was in the ER bed asleep. Oh no! Yeah, oh. so I just stayed in the wheelchair, and when the doctor the came in, he was like. He was like, 
which one of you? What? And I was like, oh, it's me. I was like, that's the guy that brought me. He's asleep. He's a Ambien. It's fine. Could you check me out here? And he was like, yes. But that whole story seems crazy. And so when it, I, and I had always been like, these stories are just for God to let me have a good story to tell. But what happened was that is the same year. So that Easter is the same year that God was telling me to quit my job. Quit my job, quit my job, quit my job. And so that's Easter. That was in March, the end of March. I quit my job at the beginning of November. That's the kind of journey that I was on. But I didn't think the wreck had anything to do with it until a year later. So now 18 months has passed since I've had this wreck. I'm, I'm completely healed. I'd gone to physical therapy for several months, but I'm completely healed. There's no issues. And I get a call 18 months later in the midst of me like scraping money together to make ends meet. Because I, you guys, and I did the dumbest, like I answered phones for like four hours a day at the local church that I didn't even go to. Or I would... Uh, make graphics for somebody. And I wasn't a graphic designer, but she was less of a graphic designer. So I would make (laughs) graphics for her social media or I made cake pops on the side. Like I made cake. Uh And so I started a little cake pop business on the side, like a, a kitchen business and just to pay my bills so that I didn't. And that whole 18 months, I had never had to ask anybody for money. So the fact that I didn't have a job, but I was like getting money together. Now, listen, I didn't buy a handbag or buy cute shoes or, you know, any of the fun. I didn't have fun makeup, but I had enough money to pay my bills. I didn't lose my house or anything like that, but but there was no extra money. So it was like, everything was just tied together with a very loose, but divine string. Right. And so I was like, if anything goes wrong with my car, if anything happens, I'm in trouble. Well, 18 months later, the, the insurance company calls me and says, Hey, we just realized we didn't get you to fill out all this paperwork. We're so sorry. Can you come by and can you fill out this paperwork? We just need your signature on some stuff. And I was like, okay. And so I go by and I felt a thing. And then when I signed my name, she goes, okay, here. And she hands me an envelope. And I go, what's this? And she goes, oh, this is your check. I go, what check? <laughs> She's like, oh, this is your check because you had an uninsured motorist and we never, we never found them. And so we pay out uninsured motorist on your insurance. And I opened the check and it was $20,000. Oh, my wow. goodness. I know. And I was like, what? <laughs> And what was amazing about that, like truly, is like God had had the kookiest thing happen to me that was never going to see the fruit of it really for like years, but it was going to be the fruit of me being faithful in this, taking this leap and struggling and putting pennies together and just Mm -hmm. still moving in faith and not taking jobs that were offered because it was like, no, God is saying no to that. I don't know why, but because that job seems like it would be great. And it's like, and me being frustrated in that season, please know I wasn't like, you're a faithful God. I was like, God, where is the money? I need a job. What are you doing? I don't understand. And God was always saying, he's like, I got it. I I know. You don't know. You're not going to know. It's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. I'll come back to you tomorrow. And, you know, and then go about my business. And God was faithful. And so when that check happened, listen, there's nobody who has worshipped harder than me in the car. I was like, oh, I'm not going to listen to Taylor Swift. I'm definitely going to listen to Hillsong right now in this car because won't he do it? And so that is a moment where it's been frayed. And I'm not, I can't promise your listeners because I know in Scripture God doesn't always work that way. Um, there is a tendency to want to think he does, that he will always swoop in at the last minute. Actually, sometimes he lets children die. Um, sometimes because of original sin, things don't work out. And and I think, and that's been true for me too, where mm-hmm. God has been faithful 
even when I didn't get a yes, even when I didn't get a twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollar check, even when God said no to every prayer, God was still faithful. It right. didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so right. that's I think the hardest lesson to learn is I think we we hang on to these stories of the child got healed in the hospital or uh, my husband got the great job or we were saved from foreclosure. And it's like, sometimes, no, that, that that's not actually, God says no to, I, I say God says no to 90% of my prayers, truly. He, and mostly for my own good. I don't know it now because I'm very mm-hmm. much pointing my finger at him. But 10 years <laughs> down the road, I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I shouldn't, right. I'm because there've been guys I've wanted to marry. I'm single and there have been seasons of discontent in that, but it's so fun now because even as a single, because I think the church tells you if you're single in your 40s that you should be the saddest of all the women, and oh, I'm like the opposite of the saddest of all the women, and I'm very glad for that because, one, God has just been faithful to show me marriages that are kooky town and in-laws that are kooky town, and he's like, do you want to deal with this in-law? No, you don't. Are you thankful for all your sleep that you get? And I'm like, yes, I am actually thankful for that. And so um, it's all about perspective. When God, it's whether he says yes or no, it's knowing that he knows what's best Um, Mm. and that he can see things Mm -hmm. that we we literally cannot see. And trusting that, and that's hard. I wish I could say that that's been an easy practice for me. It is not, and it's still not. But it's the thing that I remind myself of. It's like, Okay, he can see the whole picture. I can only see the small corner. And I'm just going to trust that he has a plan for me and a hope for me because he's literally told me that he has. And I'm going to just believe that. I'm going to just choose to believe him when he tells me those things. So good. I actually love when Knox teases you about flexing on how much sleep you get because you don't I know I, you guys I don't want to brag but I do get like eight to nine hours of sleep every night um, I, I know that it's kept my blood pressure low I know that it's like I feel bad about that I sleep and like today even I'm like I'm just gonna sleep till 8 30 because that's what I can do and I, I'm sorry for all of you who have to see the the sun come up I've never I don't really see the sun come up that's a weird vibe for me so <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we so appreciate you taking out time to do this interview. We know you're very busy. Well, this was a treat. I love, listen, anytime I can talk about God and faith and especially in a way that I hope maybe for some people who maybe were where I was uh, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, who are wrestling with who God is and what the Bible says and, um, my hope is in having these conversations really explicitly that they can go, okay, like this isn't all bad. Like there's some, I can take a deep breath because Mm -hmm. this, this isn't all finalized. This isn't all written. It's not all been written yet. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I really like having these conversations because I wish I had heard more of that, of people saying that to me when I was in the midst of those struggles of not having the job or, not having the money or not having the husband or not having the thing, I wish I could have heard more conversations of people going, no, that's fine. Like it's, it's actually great. Like mm-hmm. it can be great. Yeah. That the, the not can be great. The, the no can be just as great as the yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for using the gift of communication that God has just poured out on you. You're just so witty, so quick-witted with your comments, and we just love listening to you. And talking to you in person has been a huge blessing to our lives and to our listeners, and we just thank you so very, very much. Well, thank you for like really taking some time with me. This has been a treat for me as well. 
Well, thanks, Jamie. All right. Thank, thank you, guys. You. Bye. Bye. Guys, we are still like in disbelief that we just had that interview. Jill, are you okay? I'm. I'm are you I'm, all right? I'm coming down. Are you coming bit. down from your cloud nine? <laughs> we are pinching ourselves. Thank you big time to Jamie Golden. Wow. Yes. And if you have not yet listened to the podcast, if you like pop culture or the Bible binge, you need to download those um, episodes, those podcasts right now because they're awesome. One thing that I loved that she talked about is that God defines ministry. We don't. We don't define what, what gets to be ministry. God does. If he can use it, it's his. So true. Another thing I loved that Jamie talked about was that whether God says yes or no, we can trust that he always knows best. He's got our best in mind, and it's so good to remember that. And maybe you needed to hear that today. Maybe you are so discouraged about something that you're waiting for and hoping and praying, but just rest in the fact that God truly knows best. You can rest in that whether his answer is yes or no. And his lamp is a light into our feet, not a football field. So if you're looking for the whole <laughs> staircase, you're not going to see it. You're just going to see one step at a time. That's just how this works. So on that note, we hope that you have an amazing day. Trust God today for what you see in front of you with one step today. We hope you will rate and review our show. It would help us. It would help other people find Afraid Not. We would love that. We'd be grateful to you. And we hope it's been a blessing to your life today. Have a great day.